the good news. Good news is the gospel, but gospel is the good news. But what really is it? Really, it's Jesus Christ. The good news is Jesus Christ. If you're sharing the gospel, you're sharing Jesus Christ. If you're telling someone about the good news, you're telling them about Jesus Christ. So the gospel is Jesus. The good news is Jesus. And it carries a message. It carries a message that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit makes you whole again. Like he said in Romans, there is no condemnation, you're not convicted. So the good news boils down to there is it is not an eternal death sentence, but an eternal life sentence. You're sentenced to eternal life by following Jesus Christ. Now, the good news uses the word good because it's encouraging. It's to fill people with joy. I mean, Jesus, when he ran around he could have easily condemned a lot of people, but he didn't. He encouraged everyone. He encouraged all the people that he met. He encouraged all the people that he spoke to. You know, he healed everyone that came to him. And he kept after them. So when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to do it in an encouraging way, in a joyous way, because that's what it is. So how do sinful people with a sinful nature like ours get into the arms of Christ? By believing in him, by repenting. And today we're gonna look at repentance. Because sinful natured people like ourselves, we're born with a sinful nature. Mm -hmm. We just are. But we can have a right relationship with God. Mm -hmm. God will make everything right. If we just repent and turn. Repentance is a word you're all familiar with. You all know it. Some of you may like the word. Some of you may be threatened by the word, you know, because you have pastors and preachers and people standing on street corners yelling, repent or go to hell, repent or hell is your home. Mm -hmm. That gives it a bad taste. You don't need to shout repent where you go to hell. What you need to do is get your heart right with God. A lot of people have always said repentance means to turn from sin to God. Now that might be the result, 
of your repentance, but that isn't repentance. And you know we've all seen those people on the street corner with the big signs. Repent. 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 The other day I was online. I was listening to this professor of biblical Greek. And uh, it was an online class. And of course, I could watch it. I couldn't participate in it. But I could watch it. And he talked about the word repentance. And the Greek word is metanoia. Which meta is the word we get metamorphosis from. It means to change. Noia means your mind. So repentance actually means change your mind. Change your mind. Or change the way you're thinking. Easton's Bible Dictionary says metanoia means to change one's mind and purpose as a result of after knowledge. True repentance to change the mind and the purpose and the life to which remission of sin is promised. Thayer's Greek lexicon says to change one's mind, to change the mind for better, heartedly to amend with disgust our past sins. To change your mind. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. In chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From time to time, from the time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So look at that and read this the other way. Repent or change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you're thinking about God because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think about it. I mean, people all the time used to say, you know, we change your heart. Repent, so change your heart. Unfortunately, you don't have the power to change one's heart. You can change one's mind. You can convince somebody and talk to somebody and change their mind, but only God can change the heart. He said in Ezekiel, I'll take out the heart and put in my heart. The heart I have chosen to give the heart the heart of flesh, I'll take out that heart of stone. Amen. Jesus can change the heart. We can change the mind. Amen. So if we can get people to change the way they're thinking about God, God can change the way they're living. Because how many times have you said to someone or someone has said, and you've heard it, Repent and change the way you're living. Amen. You're not going to change the way. Only God 
can change the way you're living. Amen. When you reach out to I mean, I used to think that to change the way we're doing things, the way we're living, was the way God had it. That's what repentance meant. But Jesus comes along, and we no longer live in an old covenant, a covenant of works. We now live in a covenant of grace. Grace is here. So Jesus is actually telling people when he tells them to repent, is change the way you think about me. So we can have a right relationship with each other. Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come here to judge you. And he didn't. We've already been judged. We were judged. We have a sinful nature. We've been judged. But we have grace. Jesus came to forgive us. So repent. Change your mind. Change the way you're thinking. Now when you go to change someone's mind, sometimes that's correction. And I'm not very good at correction. I don't like to be corrected. I don't know about how many of you want to be corrected. But it doesn't seem to be a favorite thing, being corrected. And the reason I understood it to be is being corrected, sometimes we interpret it as there's something wrong with us. Yes. That we are a bad person. Mm -hmm. Because if we weren't a bad person, we wouldn't need to be corrected. That's not what it means at all. We are not bad people. There's nothing wrong with us. We're all follow Jesus, but sometimes we need to be corrected. But look at what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs 12, one, and this scripture is right out of the New King James. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. And that's in the Bible. He who hates correction is stupid. I mean, God didn't hold back there, did he? No. He let it right out. He gave us his word. This is it. Acts 3.19. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Change the way you're thinking about God and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So change your mind about repentance. But we also have to change our minds about ourselves and the way we've looked at things because we need that right relationship with Jesus. We need to be able to have a relationship 
where it's a two-way street where we're praying to God and he's answering our prayer. He's talking to us. He will tell you when you're wrong, he will correct you without a doubt. But we also have to change our mind about Jesus. You know what the number one complaint against Jesus was? The number one complaint about Jesus. I mean, they, it wasn't blasphemy, even though they brought him up on charges of blasphemy. It wasn't it. The number one complaint was he hung out with sinners. Luke 15, verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complaining, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Isn't that wonderful? This man receives sinners and eats with them. Do you want to know something? Every one of you have eaten with a sinner. You have all eaten with sinners. Think about it. You've all eaten with sinners. Jesus ate with sinners. I mean, that's quite a charge. He ate with sinners. Luke 7, 32 said, Son of man has come eating and drinking and you say, look, a glutton, a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Wonder why they hang out with Jesus. Why did sinners and tax collectors hang out with Jesus? Because he didn't condemn them. He didn't think anything bad of them. He accepted them. He worked with them. He talked with them. In Mark chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Now it happened as he was dining in the Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many among them, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him, eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that that man eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? But Jesus overheard them. And he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call on the righteous, but to call the repentant, the sinners to repentance. He called each one of us to change our minds about who God is, about who Jesus is. I mean, think about it. Have you ever gone into a place, you know, and everybody's just kind of talking, and you know, it's a little party, and everybody's having a good time, and then you mention the name of Jesus, 
and people start to run. I mean, they're actually afraid of that word. Yeah, it's They're afraid of the word Jesus. I mean, I've mentioned it at places. I've mentioned it at parties in the early going. They didn't invite me back anymore. You know, when I, when I worked in Miami, we had three people in the office that were saved. We all had to kind of like sit together because they wanted to kind of keep us away from everybody else. So looking at this, you remember the words in verse 17. So we are called to change the way we are living or using the correct meaning of the word, repentance, we're to change the way sinners think about God. Because I can't change the way any one of you live. And you can't change the way any one of us live. If we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But we can change your mind about the way you think about Jesus. About the way you think about God. Because he is God. He's not someone to be afraid of. He's not someone to be scared of. But those those parties that you go to and you know you talk about Jesus and they run. It's because they love their sin. They love their sin and you're threatening their sinful lives. I think Jesus ate with the sinners because he wanted to let them know that the Father in him loved them. That he loved them. Let me tell you, God is not mad at you. God loves you. God loves you. God's not disappointed in you. Not one bit. And God is not surprised by you. Because God is all-knowing. Now that should be a scary thing. For something, he knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're going to do in a, in a week. He knows everything about you. Everything about you. You can get away from nothing. You can hide nothing from him. Because he's everywhere at the same time. And he's all-knowing. There is not a sin that you have ever committed or a sin that you will commit in the future that God does not know about. The Bible says in John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. It doesn't read For God so loved the world 
he gave his only begotten son, that ever whoever believes in him, except Pastor Lyle from 1970 to 1990, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you can, ins you can insert your own name, but it doesn't say that. It says, as whoever believes in him. There is no exclusion to what God will accept. There's no exclusion to God accepting you. There are no terms and conditions. It says he that believes. There's no conditions there. The first thing Jesus preaches is change your mind. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your mind so you can develop the right relationship with me. You can have the right relationship with me. Another thing is we need to confess our sins to one another. We used to call them accountability partners. You had one, you'd call them every day and talk about it. Because we each need that. The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. So no matter who you are, or no matter what you have done, God says, I love you. He says, I love you so much, I died. For you. I died for you. So that you could be forgiven and have eternal and an abundant life here on earth. God says, I know all. So repentance is just the beginning of getting that relationship started with God. But then we have to take time to develop that relationship. We have to take time to get into a prayer closet or wherever it is we find peace that we can just spend time with God every single day, every moment. Just take time. Have certain days set up as your Sabbath where your focus is God at least for a few hours. And you rest. God loves you so much. And that's important to know in these times. Because the world is telling you you're hated. The world is spooling out hate like there's no tomorrow. But Jesus just brings love. He just talks about love. He doesn't say anything negative about anybody. just goes around and he heals the people. Amen. And he touches their hearts. Amen. And he listens to them. And he encourages them. And as the body of Christ, we need to encourage one another. Amen. We need to lift each other up. Amen. We need to stop condemning. Mm 
one another. Because that's what the world does. They condemn us. They think we're fools. But who's going to have the last laugh? We will. So just need to move on. So, Lord, this morning I ask, help me to change my mind towards you. Help me develop that deeper relationship with you. Because I know the deeper I go with you, the more you will reveal to me, Lord. Let this church move up with you. Let this church rise up. Rise up and touch the heavens, Lord. Let the windows of heaven open and pour out their blessings upon everyone. Just pour out your blessings upon everyone. This morning, if you need prayer for any reason, the altars are open. Just come down let us pray with you. But Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We ask your blessings upon each and every person here, their families, their loved ones, Lord. We ask your blessings upon this church, this body of Christ, Lord, who loves you, Lord, and wants to, wants to just do what's right in your sight. So, Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, come on down. We'll pray with you. If not, all minds are clear. All hearts are right. God bless you all. Have a great day. Have a great week.